You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. We're going to have a little more of my discussion with Pat Ellington in segments two and three on the show, our newest co-host. But I wanted to take a few moments here at the start, talk about the Angels series. I know I promised I would get in-depth in the series, and that has not happened because it's been guests all week. We had Sully for Tuesday, record with Pat. He's going to be on Wednesday and Thursday. And here on Wednesday, where I'm recording, I'm actually going to do an interview for Friday's show with Chris Brown of Tigstown. It's going to be our video podcast of the week. Uh, Perfect timing right after the Spencer Turnbull no-hitter which, again, if you follow me at all, you know I've been a big Turnbull fan for a while. And Detroit should be better. They have the pitching prospects. I like what they're, the arms they've gotten together. And we'll talk about all of those things uh, on that Friday show. So instead of digging into the Angels for a series that's mostly over, and by the time this um, podcast posts, it will be over, I wanted to hit up a few things I've been looking into, diving into, some questions people hit me online so Andy uh, at DB Sice, who's asked me some questions, uh, it's come up often on the show, it's more what I meant to say, asked me great questions. He wanted to know, uh, the, he said, Plesak looks like a different pitcher when he went after batters last year, he had more strikeouts this year, he's putting the ball in play more often. Is there something that's changed? So I thought the best place to find that info would be to go over to Baseball Savant and just kind of compare his data I already had Baseball Savant open to talk about Josh Naylor, who, that is my cat, yes, who I'll be talking about in this opening segment as well. So what has changed with Act this year? Uh, looking at the data, when I look at 2021, he versus 2020, you know, he was his walk rate was low both years. Uh, so that hasn't changed, but he was his chase rate was much, much higher. Uh, whatever it was with his pitches... Last year, his chase percentage, chase rate, was 90th. That meant his K percentage was 71st. His whiff was 72. It, it put everything up there. Now, his fastball spin was 12, and his curveball spin was 8. And we've heard about kind of the spin revolution. Those were never very high. But his fastball spin is down to 8. His curveball spin is down to 2. So they were already low, uh, and they both got lower, if you don't recall. So his fastball was the 12. That dropped to an 8. His curveball was an 8. That dropped to a 2. His chase percentage went from 90 to 49th. His whiff percentage went from 72nd to 27th. Now, he's actually getting barreled less, though his hard hit percentage is is up, as is his exit velocity. So guys aren't, you know, there's a better book on him now. It's been enough starts where teams now have a better book on Zach Plesak. They're not chasing uh, they are squaring up more, and his strikeouts are way down, and his hard hit is way up, and that is why he's looking more like a a mid to back end guy, not quite like that strong number two he was we were hoping he would be. Uh, you know, he ran into some trouble in the game against the Angels. Uh, Justin Upton struggled this year, but he did find a way to hit uh, Zach Plesac. So yeah, there's he's a different pitcher. He's not the same guy, and one has to wonder: is it a change in what he's doing, or is it a change in uh, the fact that teams can now have a better look. They know more. It's easier to see. Uh, just in terms of looking at 2020 to 2021, the launch angle for hitters is actually lower 
for him. Uh, his exit velocity on average is close to the same. And you know, his walk percentage is up. His K percentage is down 10%. That's significant. Which is, again, part of guys are laying off. He is not getting the chase. He is giving up more walks. He is uh, putting more guys on base that way. They're just not buying into the, the pitches. Now, we, we talked about the fact that his spin rates are all down, and they're all blue spin rates. Like, they're not good. It's interesting that his movement is also low. So, like, he's not the analytical. So many of these Indians guys, it's like, okay, there's not big velocity, but, man, they can really spin it. Or, man, there is huge, you know, vertical or horizontal breaks. That's not the case with Plesak. He doesn't have either of those. In some regards, and sorry, I just messed with volume. I noticed it was kind of low. Uh, in some regards, he's wouldn't be the person you expect to be uh, overly dominant because you don't have the velocity, you don't have the whiff percentage, you don't have spin, you don't have big break. So his uh, his up and down nature this year is it kind of makes sense. Now his run valuation, I'd have to really dig into that. That's not something I'm strong enough by. So the long answer to your short question is, yeah, he's not the same guy. Team players aren't chasing. They're walking more, and his pitches just aren't as sharp as what when you look at the data based on what we've seen from even a year ago. So that's what's happening with Plesak. Now, I was kind of curious. I dug into Josh Naylor, hit the game winner uh, the other day. Now, it wasn't a walk-off, but still a game winner. And it was interesting. First off, Josh Naylor, by the way, uh, 129 WRC, run, you know, runs created plus for the month of May. He's now up to 100. He is up to average. So after his struggles to start the year, he is a league average bat, joining the ranks of Luplo, Ramirez, and Franmo on the Indians with a league average bat in terms of production. And I did some deep diving on ground ball rates. I don't have the time for that. Maybe we'll talk about that Monday. Uh, Naylor has struggled. He hits, okay, so the long and short of it is he hits a lot of ground balls, higher percentage than typical, and his runs created plus, which for everyone on ground balls is low. For him, it's extra low. And I'm kind of curious to dig into the numbers a bit more and see if there is anything they could do, if there is some launch angle stuff uh, for Naylor, and he is, does not have foot speed. Let's just be honest there. His sprint speed is 35th. His defensive numbers over on Baseball Savant are not great. One thing he's always had is high max exit velocity, and there are those who argued that the max exit velocity is more important than the average exit velocity because the max uh, is a better representation of true ability. A whole bunch of stuff you could dig into with that. Now, most of Naylor's sliders over here on Baseball Savant are blue. He does have five in the red area. Basically, he doesn't strike out a lot. He does hit the ball hard, and that's kind of about it. Uh, still does not profile great as an outfielder. Just put the man at first. Like At this point in time, I understand they're giving Bowers a chance, and I have celebrated his success because I really don't want them to have given up Yandy Diaz for like nothing. But he's still not playing even average baseball. Just put Naylor at first base. Give give DJ a chance. Let's just move on from these experiments. The 40-man crunch is real. You got Daniel Johnson, Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado. You have Bobby Bradley, Jake Bowers. If you're not going to play these guys, like all of them should be gone because you need to open spots at the end of this year. This isn't a team that has a bunch of free agents, and they have a bunch of young talent. So it's time to just kind of clear the deck, as it were, and start playing these young guys. Let Owen Miller play. Let Daniel Johnson play. You are getting less than anything. I know I've been like, okay, give chances, give chances. But at some point, the reason they're in this crunch is because they've refused to play their young players because Terry refuses to play 
young players. He'll try young arms, but the there's been no sticking with, you know, why have Yu Chen Chang on the team if he's not going to ever get an opportunity? You know, why have some of these young guys there? It's it's a disaster in some regards, and it's like I said, it's why they have a crunch. We don't know if Daniel Johnson is good or not. We don't know if he's a major leaguer. Uh, why didn't they see if Jake Bowers could play last year? Why did they not try him once in 2020? Why is all the onus for if this guy has a future on this season? Like these decisions could be made over the course of a few years. It doesn't have to be this season. Uh, so that's kind of where I am with the Indians and some of these things, but they need to, again, Naylor is showing an upward trend. Cesar Hernandez is showing an upward trend. The offense is moving closer to average. What they need and what we need them to do is identify players who can help and actually start seeing if these young players can play. That's my plea for this team. Just finally see who can do what. Give some players a chance. Doesn't have to bring everyone up at once. Bring them up in waves, slowly but surely. See what they can do. See who can help. But you have too many guys who are down there in AAA. Like Bradley Zimmer probably wouldn't pass through waivers. I'll be honest. Oscar Mercado probably wouldn't pass through waivers. Remember, Kai Tom didn't pass through waivers. Ben Gamble didn't get through that process either. But a Bobby Bradley, first base only, I mean, there's a good chance he would get through. You can go through with some of the other players too and figure out, you know, Bowers, I there's a good chance he gets through right now. There might be a few teams who would try him, but he hasn't shown enough. So go out. Let's see what some of the young players can do. Let's stop this backlog of talent, as it were. At some point, you have to give players an opportunity to be successful. Speaking of being successful, yeah, you know it's coming. Here comes, we are going to talk about Wealthfront. They are so successful. They have over $20 million in investments with them right now. And here's your chance to get up to $5,000 invested by them for free. Uh, The exact number here is your first $5,000 managed for free. All you need is 500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. They're trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com backslash locked on MLB. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only the only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing is complicated, but whether you're a beginner or or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. They can even help you lower your taxes, the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can cover more than can more than cover the low annual 2.5% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. And remember, that tool, you're not even paying that annual fee because your first $5,000 are managed for free. You want to go over to wealthfront.com backslash locked on LMB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on MLB and get started today. Rock Auto. What more can I even say about Rock Auto? Uh, They've been a fantastic sponsor for a year plus now, and they have stayed a fantastic sponsor because they're good at what they do. No one keeps investing for a year plus unless they are a company that is doing good business. And they're doing good business because it is a model that works. It is a model that has been around for 20 years. It's a family-owned company. They have everything you need. It's an easy catalog. It's a unique catalog. They have all the parts you will ever need for any car. 
Chain stores have different tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rock Auto, whose price is the same for everyone, nor reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers lowest prices possible, rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, like an airline does. RockAuto.com is for everyone and does not require memberships or an account login. It's a family-owned business serving AutoPods customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. Remember that when you go to Rock Auto in the How'd You Hear About Us box, right, locked on, so they know that we sent you. That helps us. It helps them. It's a fantastic partnership. Again, it's been a partnership for over a year. This is a company that has been around and you can trust with the parts you need for your car. So here is the continuation of my conversation with Pat Ellington. A Cleveland fan base, of course, everyone loves the Browns. That's, you know, I'm not saying that as a negative, but everyone knows the Browns. And if you know the Browns and you've been a Browns fan, you know a lot about the draft because of how terrible they've been. And if you spent any time looking at the analytics of the draft, it's like the whole thing there is you trade back because it's not, it's about having as many pieces as possible is, and as many picks as your best chance of success with draft picks. The Indians are essentially doing that with their trades. That's, you know, why they did six for two or six for three. I keep forgetting about Matt Packers, the final piece in that Clevenger trade or why they, you know, they didn't go for Taylor Trammell, the big, uh, blue chip prospect, but they flipped him for three more pieces and ended up with five pieces, uh, including the rental for Bauer and four pieces for Carrasco and Lindor. Like the approach is not the one that it doesn't win you the headline, but it is that smart analytical approach, which again, just to put it in football terms, we know in the draft trading back more often than not nets you a win. And that's in a sport where those things immediately pay dividends. In baseball, it's the more chances you get, the better the success. And and just to even put it in simpler terms, you go back to first Cliff Lee trade, that ended up being great because they got Carlos Carrasco and Jason Donald helped him get Trevor Bauer, but that wasn't the centerpiece. Jason Knapp was the the top 50 prospect in that one. Or you go back to uh, the CC Sabathia deal. Matt Laporta was the top 20 prospect. Michael Brantley was the player to be named later. Now, he was always a valuable player to be named later. Even when the Casey Blake trade was announced, that was John Malone, who had been a back end of the top 100. At that point in time, Carlos Santana was still a, more of a developmental guy. That quantity over quality approach has actually been how this team has built themselves to the best amount of success. Because even the best prospect can fail. And even the best prospect list ends up having, a, it, again, I think a little too much group think at points in time. So I think, you know, you said it, and then I over talked about it, but I think that whole idea of quantity and not to say that they're not getting quality, the Indians are immaculate when it comes to scouting. They are getting guys they like that they think are quality, but they would much rather get two guys that might be a tear down for a team than get one guy who might be viewed as a tear up. There's not a whole lot to, but like, do you agree with the assessment that this is definitely kind of, I've never talked to you about other sports, but like, with football, uh, are you a fan of football at all? Like what am I with what I'm trying to compare here? Does this make any sense? It, it, it does. Um, I'm a football fan. I grew up a Cowboys fan because of my father. Um, I didn't grow up a Browns fan. So luckily for me. Yes. So, I mean, so. I mean, honestly, in your lifetime, it's been almost as painful to be a Cowboys fan. So, yeah, it has. Um, <laughs> definitely. And, and the Cowboys are definitely the the, the, the team I root for the least. And to give you guys a context, I'm an Indians and Cavs fan for the, for the other two major sports. And for hockey, um, I'm 
I'm a, a Penguins fan because Sandy Crosby. But the Cowboys are are just as incompetent as as the Browns were. That that kind of extends everything. I I would I would have never thought the Browns would have found a competency before the Cowboys would, because that's how bad the Browns have been during my lifetime. And for the listeners out there, I'm 22 going on 23 this year, so the Browns have pretty much been a, a joke on my life, literally. I, and Andrew but, Barry, I will trust to the end of time. I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw yeah. that out there now. <laughs> at this point, that's yeah, it's, you it's know, funny. finding competency um, is nice. Definitely, and a lot of fandom, um, whether it be fans or um, coverage in in Cleveland sports, is kind of nostalgia driven because during my lifetime, the Indians by far have been the most competent franchise to exist in, in the city. Um, the Cavs had LeBron, but Dan Gilbert frequently interferes with front office operations and decides to be able to sign checks. He 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 ruins team, good teams and good front offices by thinking he knows about basketball. And the Browns have been the Browns except for like the last two-ish years. And um, it, it could be, it's, it's just kind of frustrating. Um, I know the conversation of how uh, Indian, Cleveland fans don't give the Indians much enough attention. And the common rebuttal is, oh, well, what about the late 90s? Um, with their settle streak, well, I mean, that was a perfect time for the Indians to hit their stride with one of the greatest offenses of all time when the Browns were gone. I mean, I'm pretty sure if the Browns were there that nobody would have paid attention to those Indian teams as much as we did. But that's a whole other topic. But I mean, they had what four? All, I mean, if Albert Bell doesn't have a degenerative hit, the num- hip, the numbers he would have put up with Bell, Tommy Ramirez. Eddie Murray, who was a Hall of Famer. I mean, he was near the end. But he was Kenny so Lofton is a Hall of Famer. Ken, Kenny Lofton is the worst first ballot drop-off in the history of Major League Baseball, and I will defend that till the, the end of time. Yeah, I mean, that that's, like you said, that is legitimately one of the 10 greatest offenses in baseball history. And the front office, the front office tree that was established in has become one of the best front office trees in all of sports history, honestly. Yeah, and you look around, it's hard to find a front office that doesn't have some vines in it. Been fun talking about this. We better take another quick commercial break here and we'll come back from that. And I'm going to ask you for like one prospect. So I'm, I'm just going to throw it up now to give you a chance while I do the commercial read to think about who's been the most interesting guy for you so far at Lake County. Lake County doesn't have to be the best, but who's like got your attention? Who's got you thinking? This is normally the part in the show where I go and find the bet online line for the game. Uh, by the time you're listening to it, the game will be over, but the line for Savali and the Indians versus Otani and the Angels, Savali's getting a run and a half. That's a little bit interesting to me just because I know everyone gets so excited about Otani, and offensively, he has been utterly sublime this year. But as a pitcher, it's it's not that he's been bad. It's interesting to look at some of the data. Uh, his FIP and XFIP were both at 3.6. His ERA is at 3.9. His X ERA expected an ERA of 2.10, you know, it's a low ERA, but here's the thing with Otani, five games, 25.2 innings. He's not going deep into games. His walk rate is over seven. His bat pip is under 200. His bat pip is a hundred points below where it should be. His walk rate is unsustainable. There's a lot of reasons to uh, think that uh, pitching wise, things may not stay as they have been for Otani. Now the Indians are not a team that walks a lot. The Indians were a team that had higher walk rates, I would say, to favor them in this one and take the line. 
But uh, keep that in mind for the next Otani start. But remember to go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 5-0-50% bonus. You can go see the lines. We'll continue to talk about them every day. We'll see if I'm right or if I'm wrong when you listen to this podcast. But betonline.ag is our official sponsor for all things lines and the like. Remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON when you go there to get a 50% bonus. Who's got your attention since you're covering Lake County? Who's uh, who's kind of jumped out and been interesting? I know there's been a spate of injuries, but uh, who's someone fun? Jose Tena. Uh, tell me more about him. He's one that, honestly, in that grouping of like potential players who need to be added to the uh, the 40 man at the end of the season that I have the worst handle on. So, from what I, what I've seen, his play coverage is is amazing. He's not a switcher; he's a left hand hitter. And he has very, very good raw power for someone his size. He frequently squares up the ball, and he frequently makes good contact. And he also has great base running skills. Um, the Lake County lineup is full of very athletic guys, and manager Greg Shinzo, when I ask him, says that he wants these guys to beat themselves on the base pass. And right now, they lead um, low A, I think all of low A, I mean all of high A, I'm sorry, if not high A East and still on the bases with 25, and they've been caught four times. It's not just a stolen base. It's just seeing tags up on ground balls aggressively. They tag up on fly balls aggressively. They tag home aggressively. They just do. They they really run amok on teams. And it's very great to see this team. This team's identity kind of be sitting around this athleticism because they have a lot of the, the athletic shortstops that we've, and athletic infielders that we talked about. And Jose Tano was kind of the, the, the low man on the totem pole of the guy of the guys who got six figure contracts in that law the twenty seventeen J two signing international signing class, which included Aaron Brownstar, Joseph Lair, and Brian Rocchio. Well actually Brian Rocchio got less than him, but I mean Jose Tana got four hundred thousand dollars and he also has some connections. Um he's related to Juan Uribe and Fran Reyes. That's right. I knew he had some bloodlines. I didn't realize it was Fran Mel. Though that's that's interesting. It was one year one year business uncle and I think Fran Reyes is his cousin. Very cool. No, I, I remember the Urebe, but you got that's a new one for me. I didn't realize it's they uh they had Fran there. What position is he playing there mostly? Like you said, they have so many infielders in that group. What does he bounce around day to day or where how they, they they bounce getting... them all around. They bounce him, Reno Delgado, um Brian Rocchio, uh, Aaron Bracho. They bounce all of them around. Aaron Bracho seen time at first, but Jose Tanis played Second, third, short, and left field. And Vic Canova's bounced around too. He's playing left field, second, and third mostly. Just for those who, uh, yeah, I've been trying to invent a a drinking game for this podcast with how much I talk about the Rule Five and and what a crunch they're going to be in. You you talked about how it's like Valera, Rocoyo, Tenia, and um, Bracho were all in that same class. That 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 class is the ones that all need to be added at the end of the season. So that's part of that that crunch. And it looks replenished. Yeah, it, so I, you know, I love to play out of the park baseball. You don't want to look at my Steam library and see how many hours I put into that. But uh, yeah. he became a really good outfielder for me. And and Arias uh, played like twenty years and won ten Gold Gloves. He never became offensively much, but uh, he became a Gold Glove machine. So it, you know, that's the fun of those games. But yeah, they have. I mean, it's just it's a sick amount of. I was talking with Sully on the show yesterday, and we were just discussing. It's like they almost have to make a trade because they're going to lose people if they don't. And, you know, even if it's a rental, like if this team's close enough and you're going to end up, you know, basically taking that Padres approach. And I'm sure people are so tired of hearing me talk about this when the rule fives in December, but I think it's something that's going to paint this season, but I, I'm excited to hear more about like 
Tenia and and Rocoyo because it's and Bracho honestly it's like George, George Valera is the big name we know him to a degree but Bracho got hurt Rocoyo Rocoyo uh, got stuck in Venezuela last year couldn't go to the alternate site and Tenia has been you know, I remember when Keith Law had him in the top ten prospects it's not like his value's down at all but like he's just a guy that as you mentioned gets there's so many names so uh, I having you as the co-host on the show uh, I'm not gonna lie. One of the things that I love is that you're the Lake County guy. That 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 to me that is by far the most interesting and most fun team uh, in the entire minor. So I'm going to be uh, picking your brain all season about that squad. That's it's too good to not ask you about just the all the players there. It's there's not a weak spot in that lineup in terms of like legitimate prospects in my mind. I agree. Um, it seems to be a consensus among the individuals in Indians Twitter that Lake County is going to be the team to pay attention to most because they have to read. Pitching pro, college pitching prospects from the 2020 draft, and they also have the guys from the 17 class. And um, another underrated guy from the 17 class is Young Kinsey Noel. Also, he was yes, up during that class. who's he's been like way, tearing it up, murdering the ball. And, yeah, he, yeah, he was, and um, whew. I'm sorry, he's a he, big he, dude. He was, yes, he is. He's huge. And a really interesting thing about him as a right righty righty um first baseman is he's still a plus defender at first. I didn't realize that. That's something I did not know. So you're adding to my knowledge with that one. Yeah. So um, prospects live. I read that he they they really like his footwork on the bag. They have him at 55. That's above average. Actually, excuse me, but he does spits at the bag, and um, he actually can play some third. He's played some third at Lynchburg. So yeah, it's they really like his athleticism. No, it's that it's you know they didn't get. You know, it's like Valera might have been and Bracho might have been like back end of top 10 international prospects, but they didn't go for those guys. But they had, I mean, that class is, okay, again, everyone's still an A-ball, but it's shaping up like a class for the ages right now. Like, it's just one of those things as I look at this class that I can't help, but you have to, they were so bad for so long. Outside of like Rafi Prez and Victor Martinez, there was like 10 years where they didn't get anything. And they completely overhauled, brought in new people, revamped that international scouting. But the fact that they found success and then, you know, the current team now is just starting to get waves of Latin American talent after years of not being successful. Uh, that's where that part of history makes me very excited because it's like all of a sudden it's almost like like adding Latin American talent to an organization that hasn't had it yet. It's, it's always technically been there, but they, I don't know if it's the development side. I don't know if it's the scouting. I don't know what they were doing, but now it's all of a sudden it's like a tap has been turned on just in terms of another way to find talented players. And that's, it, it's just part of the fun. I, I guess I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing a nice job of, of expressing it, but it's, it's amazing. And like, just looking at that Lake County team, uh, I was just kind of curious to to look at the overall roster down there, but it, it's, I mean, I, people know my, my intrigueness with Brian Levestida, Reynaldo Delgado is, he was the biggest sixth round bonus they've ever played a guy, paid a guy. It's, it's such a fun team. I'm, I'm jealous of you getting to cover them. Like, honestly, they right now they are probably a little bit more fun than the Indians and, and Raymond Burgos. That's one of my favorite sleepers in system. Uh, I'm very curious to see how he can do, uh, given an opportunity on there as well. But like I said, I could pick your brain about Lake County for easily the next hour and a half. Before we get out of here on the evening, this one's running a bit long. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. We'll probably move part of this episode to to Friday as well. We'll probably end up making this a little bit of a two-parter. Where can people find you? Uh, again, I know we've we had the discussion, but I'm just going to keep having you tell 
people where to find you. Okay. Um, my Twitter is at tangible T A N G I V L E underscore and all. That's where you can find me. I write for multiple websites, other websites right now, in addition to um, locked on, but I mostly operate on Twitter. Um, so yeah, um, all my work is in my pen tweet at a thread and that's where you can find me. That's where I've kind of built my audience. You've been doing, we can always cut this out if, uh, if it's not so much, but uh, you've been doing like a really interesting series about like African-American players. If you just want to take a second and like tell people about that, I, I, I've enjoyed reading the articles, uh, that have posted. And I know like I did recommend one player early on, so I hope you get access to that player. I don't want to ruin anything, but, uh, I think it's, it's a great thing, uh, just in general, because how do I say this properly as a group, I would love to see more African-American players in the game. Uh, we baseball, thanks to its circuit, when you're looking at things like you have to be on a travel circuit that sometimes eliminates certain groups, basically makes it a very white sport uh, just around, you know, for all lesser groups. So I think it's important to, if this sport is continued to grow and reach a bigger audience, it needs to be able to be something that applies to everyone. So Hopefully I'm not phrasing this terribly. Uh, I apologize if I am, but if you want to just tell them about your series, I think it's, I think it's great work, first of all. And then second of all, I think it's something that uh, I love the fact that you're shining a spotlight there. So my black baseball player articles, which cover minor league baseball players and major league baseball players on my medium page, which is in the link in my bio on my Twitter, that focuses on black black baseball players throughout the whole diaspora. So not just black Americans, but Afro-Latinos and Afro-Caribbean players also. And also the African players had trickling into the game of baseball, like Keo Badu, Tuki Toussaint, uh, Kane Simpson, Jigba, and so on and so forth. And there's actually a Nigerian player in the Toronto Blue Jays system um, whose name I cannot pronounce, but he was picked in the fourth round of the 2016 MLB draft by the Brewers before being traded to the Blue Jays. Um, but so, yeah, just to kind of reflect uh, the, the current young and up-and-coming players in um professional baseball of African descent from different parts of the world. Um, and I also ha- actually have an interview series I'm doing for one of the blogs I work for titled Clubhouse Conversation Series, which is not just me interviewing black players in the minor league baseball, major league baseball, but also writers, scouts, coaches, managers, um, front office executives, etc. And we can not say that player's name that you mentioned, but I actually have an interview with him next week. Awesome. I'm, I'm, that's, I just can't wait to see that. We had not whole off mic thing where it's, that's just a player. I want to hear that story in general. Um, I, I can't wait to read that. I, I think that's one of my favorite, like underrated prospects. Uh, that's, that's all I will say with that. Uh, out of curiosity is the, is that player with the Blue Jays? Is that Demi or Lamy or, yes. or, or, okay. I big power, big power guy. I remember liking him quite a bit back with the, with the, um, four years drafted with the Brewers. But yeah, no, I, I had to like do the mind jogging there when you were like fourth round draft pick you, it, that sent me on the search there. But yeah, no, I, I think it's a fun series. And like I said, that particular player we talked about, I want to hear his story. So I'm very excited to see that. Uh, again, I recommend everything Pat writes, go follow him and just go check out the bio. Uh, I, I first had some of his stuff uh, tweeted, retweeted into my feed and that's where i discovered that and that's what where i went oh this is an interesting writer uh this is someone i enjoy reading so make sure you are checking that out uh make sure to check out all of our great locked on content here on the network if you like another team or if you want to you know preview 
before the series, uh, you can always go check that out. Thank you again for listening. Remember to download daily, rate, and review. That helps our show grow. I've been Jeff Ellis. Um, my name is Patrick Ellington. Um, my first podcast on the Locked On Network as a week contributor on Locked On Indians. You can find me on Twitter at tangible underscore uno. Pat just brings great knowledge and great coverage to the show. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Remember, you can find me at Jeff MLB Draft. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.